in the same atmosphere, let's put our hands together for <laughs> Pastor Eddie Juma. Hallelujah. Yes. I don't know about you, but I have so many things to be grateful for in my heart. And we could just continue in this spirit. But as I've encouraged you, I'll do that one more time. Always just pay attention to where your moment is. And when it comes, grab it and run with it. I have been seeing a beautiful moment unfolding here. And I can only say thank you to the men and women of God that have been leading us into that moment. In the same atmosphere, I'm going to invite you to rise with your Bibles as we get into the Word. And in that, I pray and I ask that there will be an opening of hearts, an opening of minds as we get ready to hear what God has purposed this afternoon. For I know it is always a good purpose when God brings his people to his altar. I'm going to ask you to come with me to the book of Second Chronicles as we read together. Then we will start our someone is second chronicles uh, now we do stand if you're able to as we read together and as you read you're not reading to your neighbor you are reading to yourself second chronicles we are starting from verse 16 and we'll go all the way to verse 21 second chronicles you raise if you're able to but when king Uzziah was strong. He became proud to his destruction, and he trespassed against the Lord his God, for he went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and went, and with him eighty priests of the Lord, men of courage. They opposed King Uzziah and said to him, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn the incense to the Lord, but it is for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who were set apart to burn incense. Withdraw from the sanctuary. You have trespassed, and that will not be to your credit and honor before the Lord God. Verse 19. Then Uzziah was enraged, and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was enraged with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. Verse 20. And as Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him, he forced him out. He was leprous on his forehead. So they forced him out there. And he also made haste to get out because the Lord had smitten him. Verse 21, and King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death. And being a leper, he dwelt in a separate house, for he was excluded from the Lord's house. And Jotham, his son, took charge of the king's household, ruling the people of the land. Open with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, as we read together one more time. Now, this is what I paraphrase as God's hate list. Now, some people have a problem with that when you use the word hate in the same sentence as God. But it is written for you and I here that actually there is such a thing as hate when it comes to God. These 
six things God hates. I want you to pay attention to the very first one. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 16, as we take it up together, these six things, but I invite you to read nice and loud to yourself, these six things the Lord hates, indeed, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. That is the spirit that makes oneself overestimate himself and underestimate others. The other thing that God hates is a lying tongue. God also hates hands that shed innocent blood. And verse 18, God hates a heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans. He also hates feet that are swift in running to evil. And verse 19, God hates a false witness who breathes out lies even under oath. And he who sows discord among his brethren. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, what a beautiful moment we just had. And God, as we open our hearts, as we open ears to hear of your word, God, I pray that even as I stand here, only as a vessel, trusting that your people will hear only and only that that you have purposed for their ears this afternoon. And God, I pray that in this word, in this speech, I will be decreased and you will be increased. Holy Spirit, as the word comes, minister to that man, minister to that woman. God, we also come with broken hearts. We come with contrite hearts. For the things we've done, things we've said, things we've even thought that are not of you. And God, as we ask, as even we offer this prayer, as we offer this praise, God, we ask that you will find it acceptable in your eyes. And God, the same way you're planting this seed through your word tonight, God, I ask that you continue to send your rains to irrigate this seed that is coming unto us. Father, in a very special way, I thank you for the men and women that I have tirelessly allowed themselves to be a blessing to this ministry, allowed themselves to be a blessing to each other. God, I pray that in the same way you have made that promise, it will come to pass in their lives. May you bless them back in the way you know how to. We thank you for what you're allowing our eyes to witness in and through this ministry. We thank you for the blessings, especially those that we sometimes forget to count. May your name be glorified through the mighty name of Jesus Christ as you've taught us to pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated as we take the next about 15 or 20 minutes to hear of the word tonight. But before we do that, uh, it is uh, on my heart before I proceed to uh, extend a very, very sincere thanks to all of you that have turned here today, uh, to our guests in a very special way. I welcome you to my dear brother and friend, Silver Chagulanyi. This is not a, a foreign land for you. I hope you feel that. I know you feel that. This is not a, a strange place for you. And I thank God for the friendship, for the relationship that we cherish. And we continue to pray that God will bless you back in ways he knows how to. And that blessing is for you and your family and all the people that you influence. For I know for a fact that you influence so many people. We live in times where it is really challenging to be a person of influence because every word you say is measured and, and calculated and, and weighed. And that is okay, like I said yesterday. I think it is okay that if you have uh, influence, that uh, first of all, it is a blessing.
to be that person. But also, it is a challenge. It is a challenge because if people are looking up to you, it, it means at some level, at some level, they are going to put their foot wherever you put yours. And that's a, a really, really a challenging place to be in. Like I've asked uh, the parents many times, if there is something uh, around this time of your life that you wouldn't want your children to become or be uh, now, not tomorrow, not the next year, but now is the time to consider uh, living differently. The question is, William, if your children turned out to be just exactly as you today, would you be proud of them? And if that is not a question you answer with a yes or no, that is a question you reflect upon. As you ponder on that, I really don't know why I went there, but sometimes you have prayed earning as I stand on this pulpit, that sometimes you, you think you, you have prayed and uh, purposed on saying uh, this thing that you have been carrying the entire week and you get here and the Holy Spirit takes you somewhere. Now it is discomforting a little bit, but it is well. Welcome to Dominion Church, a uh, place where love is alive. We do have a title for our ceremony today. I see uh, some faces in the audience that I haven't seen for a long time, like Sister Julie, my friend. I just have to put that out there. Uh, Sister Julie, uh, just so you know. Uh, Brother Peter there in the back. Uh, that chair is empty when you're not here. <laughs> uh, Sister Doreen, you're welcome. We bless the Lord for your presence and for your life and for the joy that you bring to the people around you. We do have a title for our sermon today, and it is going to... Oh, there. Thank you very much, my brother Benjamin. What is the title for our message today? Are you sober? Now, that is a question. I want you to take the next 15 minutes as you ponder on how you're going to answer that question after hearing what we are about to, to talk about. Uh, now, uh, as a way to start our sermon today, there, there are some things that cannot coexist. There are some things that cannot dwell together. Now, there are the two things. The Bible spoke about the very first thing on the list of things God hates. Anybody remembers that? Pride. The very first thing the Bible also says in Proverbs, again, that <laughs> if... Uh, Faith, I feel like preaching with faith. Let me preach with Polida. Please come. If. Okay, I will be pride. <laughs> if my brother here was going to, to be destroyed, the thing that would go ahead of him is called pride. Now, that is what the Bible says. That when a man is about to be destroyed, the thing that goes ahead of him, for him to really die properly and, and uh, fully, the thing that goes ahead of him is pride. Now, Bible, thank you very much, my brother. To be destroyed, and I don't mean to go in the grave, I mean to die while you're living. What goes ahead of that person is pride. Now, where pride exists, Muchala Muganzi, humility cannot dwell there. Those two things cannot coexist in the same place, in the same heart. 
One man said, sometimes people think our hearts are... I'll not go in there for, for a second. The Bible says, what I'm trying to get to is, two things that cannot live together harmoniously are pride and humility. You either have one or the other. You cannot have both at the same time. So where pride exists, you cannot have humility. Now, today we are talking about the word sober, and some of you might be familiar with that word, or that even the opposite of that word. The, the, the opposite of that word is what? Drunk. Now, sometimes people use that word without thinking about what they are saying. When you're saying that you, you are drunk, you have been drunk. It's one thing to drink, and, and some of you have had issues with my theology around drinking, because I'm okay with drinking. My theology is okay with drinking. My theology is not okay with being drunk. They're very different things. For you and I, as a human being, who lives in this body that has endless desires, the line muchala muganzi, aka line, aka ula ukunywa, no kutamida, kalithin nyonyonyonyonyo. Mami noa, kankudirem. The line that divides drinking and being drunk is very thin. That once, once you, you drunk, it's almost uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, co Bible comment, uh, commentaries is Matthew, and he says, that uh, we Christians, we have a tendency of massaging sin. So if being drunk is a sin, so when I am around drinking, I am really massaging sin. Now get me very, very clear on this one. Drinking in and of itself is not the sin. The sin is getting drunk. In that, in, in that case, you're not drinking, you're being drunk. You're not drinking, you're being drunk. So whatever the substance is, it is consuming you. You're not consuming it anymore. That is what it means to be, to be drunk by that whatever it is that you're consuming. But tonight, that substance we are talking about is not alcohol. It is not alcohol. The substance, Sister Doreen, that we are talking about is pride. The substance that you and I are talking about tonight is pride. When it, comes to, when it comes to that substance, are you sober? There was a man who, every now and then, he would drink. True story. And that very unfortunate night, he drank and he got in his car and he was driving. As typically would happen, he caused an accident. But this time it wasn't just an accident, it was a fatal accident. Now the person in the other car was a teenager, a very young girl, 18 years of age. Now, as you know, with the fatal accidents, the girl died. I'm really uh, narrowing this story. Now, as you know, uh, at least in this land where uh, this is a lawful country, council, council Chagulanyi, uh, in this country when somebody breaks the law, there's actually a process where 
you get to to pay for your for, for your for your sins, if we could use even that word. You serve your sentence. Anyway, this man was charged for drinking, for driving while drinking. For drunk driving. Driving under the influence of alcohol. Now, when this man was brought before the judge, this is where I want you to pay attention. As they read out the agony that this family of the 18-year-old was going through since their girl had passed. This man, as he stood there before the judge, he broke down and he was in tears. Now, what I want you to know, regardless of how proudly you have lived, when you are brought in front of the judge, you will sober up. I want to say that one more time. You, my fellow Balokoli, uh, but he drank on Amalala. When that day comes and you are brought before the judge, you will sober up. Now, this man cried because at that point, in full circle, he was fully aware of the degree of the impact of his actions. Because his actions had caused somebody to die. His action had caused a family to lose a loved one. But I'm, so, I'm speaking this uh, with you in the area of spiritual sobriety. That is a discipline. Uh, this year, the theme that we're running with, for those of you who have been paying attention, which I trust is all of you, what is the theme for this year? A year of spiritual growth. A year of personal growth in what? In spiritual discipline. I'm going to say that one more time. This year, 2019, is a year of personal, so being to be personal, we don't grow as a group. We grow individually. And even just sometimes hanging around people who are growing does not necessarily <laughs> cause you to grow. Just because you sit next to, to Sister Edith, who has made a decision that I'm going to grow in my work as a Christian, just because you hang around her does not mean you'll grow by osmosis. No, this growing thing in this Christian work is a very personal journey. So we are saying this year, 2019, is a year of personal growth in spiritual disciplines. We looked at different disciplines. We looked at disciplines uh, like, what did we look at? Fasting. What else do we look at? Praying. Now we are looking at the spiritual discipline of sobriety. That is what it's called. But now the one the thing I want you to pay very close attention to is the substance called pride. The whole thing. No, no, there. Next to you. Thank you, sir. As you ponder on that question, are you sober? Please, uh, my brother Benjamin, if you have it there with you, uh, put it up. Uh, verse 16, verse 17, actually, of Proverbs chapter 6. Verse 16 of Proverbs chapter 6. Chapter 6. And the verse is 16.
There's a sister there who wanted to, I don't know if she's here, Sister Rosette. Uh, sister Rosette is here to help out with, uh, with uh, Sunday school. It is something that we had talked about. Could somebody help her through the Sunday school? Uh, sister Esri, thank you. We truly do thank God for uh, what he's doing in our church because uh, sometimes it is, uh, it's heavy to carry the, the things that are required to run this thing we call a ministry. But the more God brings people who have made a decision in their heart to make a difference, the, the, the lighter it becomes to do this thing that we call church. I was sharing with my sister there in the back, Sister Peace, that it, it, one of the things that truly breaks my heart is to see how many pastors quit on a daily basis? If you had never paid attention to that, you, you, you take some time to look at it. Especially in the, I don't know why my head goes here now, especially in the Pentecostal structures. In the other structures, like the other religions, they have a structure that is designed not to put all the weight on the man of God or the woman of God. But in the Pentecostal structures, because usually in the Pentecostal stru structure, the way churches are organized or structured, uh, things are started by an individual, and things are, to a big extent, carried and determined and decided by an individual. So when you come to the practical way of actually making that business work, making that ministry work, unless you're very, very intentional on taking care of yourself, body, mind, and soul, as my brother Noah will tell you, you burn out. You burn out. So I cannot emphasize enough, and I cannot invite you enough, that if you're here, like, like I've told you before, how we summarize the story of the children of Israel for the time they spent in Egypt, make yourself useful. If this is the time that God has somehow in his calculation caused you to be in this ministry, Make yourself useful and you'll be amazed with the difference you can make. Saying all that to emphasize and appreciate all of you who have made it uh, a habit to make a difference in this ministry. May God bless you and may he continue to reward you back because there is a reward for people who decide to serve. The Bible says, as we are talking about now, this king was a young man, King Uzziah. Some of you may be familiar with that story, the story we read in Chronicles. He was doing really well. So the verses before, uh, uh, the verses before verse 16, when you read the story, they tell you of how he progressed so well as a king. And I don't think it has a lot to do with his age, I think in this day and age, even young people can lead well. I could say that a little bit, but I can say that one more time. I think in this day and age, even young people can lead well. Second Chronicles chapter 26, as we come to, to appreciate what is going on here. Verse 16 says, it starts with the word, but. Now, anytime if you care about uh, really appreciating uh, how the Bible is written, anytime you come, you find the word, but take some time to read what is before that word. Now, when you read what is before here, you find that under, so verse 13 says, under their command, 
was an army of 307,500 who could fight with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. So this army, he is the one, young as he was, he's the one who put it together. And he says, verse 14, Uzziah prepared for all the army shields, spears, helmets, coats, and mail of mail, bows, and stones to sling. It says, verse 15, in Jerusalem, he made machines invented by skillful men to be on the towers of the corner, bulwarks with which he shot, with which to shoot arrows and great stones, and his fame spread far. Now, that is the word I wanted to pay attention to. His, his fame did what? He spread far because of how much he had been doing well as a king. His fame spread far. Now, something happens with fame uh, many years ago. <laughs> That's a conversation I was, having, I was having with my brother, and he used a sentence, and he said, that is the, the, the price of fame. My brother, yours truly sitting there. So the conversation we were having, and he said, yeah, that is the price of fame. There is actually a cost that comes with being famous, with being a, a celebrity such as himself and the many of his like. But the Bible says of King Uzziah here that his fame spread well. It spread far. Now, right after that verse, look what happens. Verse 16 says what? But when King Uzziah was strong, now pay attention to that. It says, before this, he hadn't been a strong man. He was only a young man. He was only a young man uh, trying to make life work. And when he was crowned king, he did, he sought after the Lord. The Bible speaks of him. He sought after the Lord and he was blessed. And now verse 16, it says, but when King Uzziah was strong, he became what? What did he become? He became proud. What has the Bible told us about the thing that goes before a man who is about to be destroyed? It is pride. Now, this goes for all of us, whether you're born again, whether you're not. Now, my invitation for you this afternoon is to consider not just what your neighbor is going through, but what you, your own self, how you are doing when it comes to this department of pride. The Bible continues to say that he became proud to what? To his destruction. In other words, this is what the Bible is trying to say here. That he became proud to his destruction. In other words, the pride was the way. spouse, if you're treating your, your family member, if you're treating when we say words such as this, some people think...
And one day they had Musumba woyo womu chale for me but also if I die it up, but it's the the sip.
Honey. and ask as we Coexist in one room.
the law not on stones anymore, but you write it on our hearts. to bring different kinds of lessons to humble us. We thank you sometimes for the discomfort and we thank you for, for the times you have allowed ourselves to avail ourselves to be comforters to others. That as you promised in your word, I pray that that same comfort with which we comfort others, that you will comfort us back. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As we ponder on this word, I ask that you would feed us until we thirst no more that you would mend, that you would mold, that you would break and rebuild those hearts, turning them into humble hearts. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for it is through the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we have prayed and we believed on this word. Amen. Amen. May God bless you.